Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. April 25th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hope you're having a great start to your day. It should be another beautiful day. It's a Batcats game day taking on rival Louisville tonight at KPP. We'll talk about it. We're excited about it. Nick Roush, how was your Monday? How's the start of your Tuesday? What's up? What's new in Roushland? Um, not a lot's new. Just uh, a lot of sleep and feeling under the weather the last couple days, mostly yesterday. But we're powering through and uh, feeling better today. Feeling better. Feeling up and at him, ready to rock and roll. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'll take it. I'll take it. Small victories. Small victories. Um, I'm Scoots. How are you? Are you scooting along? Boot I'm scooting boogieing? Yeah, I'm, I'm boot scooting boogieing, scooting along. But unlike you, I did not get a lot of sleep last night. I guess I did for the for the normal person. I got a great amount of sleep, but I didn't get in the bed till after 10 last night. It's been probably, other than the weekends, it's been probably two weeks since I've gotten into bed after 10 o'clock. But I was just so hooked on that Miami game. I could not give it up. I had to had to see that thing through. Miami was pop, pop, popping Jeez. last night. Was an insane atmosphere. I had a buddy at the game, first NBA game ever. I was like, they're all wow. like that. Every, every one of them you, that you'll go to is like that. No, that was a what an amazing game to be at. What did he finish with? 53 points? 51 points? I know he got 51. I know he had at least 52 last I looked. Yeah, I don't know if he ended up making – well, I don't know if he ended up making the free throw or making some free throws later or whatnot, but an incredible performance from Jimmy Butler. And the crazy and the crazy thing about it, the most fun part about it during the end of that game, it wasn't like the Bucks were playing poorly either. There was a stretch where I think there was four straight possessions, which I know is not incredibly uncommon in the NBA, but it's still just fun to see from time to time, where there were – three-point plays, whether made three-pointers or an and-one. Four straight possessions on both sides. Just three, and-one, and-one, three. It was just insane. Uh, High-level basketball with a lot on the line. Obviously, you're talking about a number-one seed in the Milwaukee Bucks, and now they go down 3-1 
can the Heat find one more one more win in the series? Uh, another 2-0 gambling night for your boy, the sports talker, TJ Walker. Come on. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's hilarious. I don't watch any NBA, and I'm easily. I'm probably at like seventy five percent during these playoffs, or eighty percent at these playoffs, which is incredibly high. Um, it's certainly not sustainable. I'll come crashing down to earth in no time. But two and zero night last night. No Tyler Hero for the rest of the series, which is going to be pretty tough. And I, I bet this ends up going to game seven would probably be my guess. I still don't think the Heat, it's going to be tough for them to close out the Bucks, even though they just need one more game to do it. When you're giving up 30, 36 points to Brooke Lopez. Yeah. I mean, that's wild. Jimmy finished with 56, by the way. It was 56. Jeez, yeah. he had like 51 with a minute left or something like that. So he still found a way to pour in uh, several more free throws. But uh, it's fun. It's a great series. Great game last night. I'm right there with you, Scoots. I stayed up to to watch the end of it. I stayed up to watch the end of it. It was the early NBA game. Definitely <laughs> didn't stay up to watch the end of the Lakers Grizzly game. I did see that one went to overtime. I did see the highlights of it. Dylan Brooks, man, if you're going to talk the talk, you got to be at least somewhat prepared to walk the walk. But exciting finish in that one as well. Man, talk about a lucky. Talk about a lucky hit. TJ, you mentioned your 2-0 gambling night. I wasn't nearly as good. I think I went. I had a one-for-two night. But my one bet I did hit, I took the alternate line for the Grizzlies, and I was debating, you know, before placing my bet. I was like, do I go five? Because I liked the four-and-a-half. I just I didn't exactly trust the four-and-a-half. So I was like, should I go five-and-a-half? And I was I was about an inch away from putting my finger on that submit button for five and a half, and I decided last second, you know what, let me play this a little more safe. Let me take six and a half. They end up losing by six. What a great hit. Oh, scoot. What that a great, great hit. Ooh. You're playing with, fi- playing with fire there, buddy. I don't yeah. understand, like, you're – if you don't trust them at four and a half, why don't you just take the I Lakers? know, I know, I know. Take the Lakers minus the four and a half. I know. I know. Like, I know. Yeah, sorry. He, he, to be fair, he's not saying he trusts the other side. I, did, just, I didn't. Yeah, you're right. But I'm saying if you don't like the line, you can just go on the other side and not have to give up a bunch of juice. Tell them to suck it. Scoot, tell them to suck it. You're finding the line that works for you. Yeah, You're Ralph, making the line work for you. Yeah, you suck it. I, I did trust the four and a half, just not enough, so I took a little couple extra. And, but I get what you're saying, too. Just if, if you feel that way, then take the Lakers minus four and a half, which I should have done. I could have hit the nice little middle ground. There are, I, just, not, excuse, I, I don't know. It's like a feeling, and I, yeah. I, I can relate to it, where it's like you like this team, or you at least thought you liked this team, the number scares you a little bit where you're not really over the moon about it. Let me buy a little insurance or one way or another, or you know, if you feel really confident about it. Oh, okay, but in this scenario, you don't. Buy a few. Oh, you feel a lot better about it. All right, now now I'm ready to roll. There you go. Yeah, I agree. That's how you do it. It worked out, so it's that's just, all that matters. You take alt lines more than anybody I've ever known, and I've, I've just always been perplexed by it. I freaking love alternate lines, or else you know this by now. Love them. I know, and I just don't, it just doesn't register for me. Did I tell you all about the one I hit last week? I took the uh, Rays minus five and a half against the Reds, and they proceeded to put up six runs in the first inning. That's hilarious. You <laughs> took it up to five and a half. I did. And that it hit fun. with ease. <laughs> it's a good time. It can be a fun time. Good for you, Scoots. Happy to, happy to hear it. 
Uh, did you end up placing that Texas A&M UK baseball bet? Oh no, but that would have been sweet. I actually, I didn't, I didn't see on Friday that that game ended up getting canceled or moved to Saturday. So by the time Saturday rolled around, I would have forgotten about it anyways. But I should have. That, that was what I was saying. As I was also curious if they, if they would, if they have canceled the bet or just let it roll over to Saturday because I didn't see it on the oh. board on Saturday with it being a doubleheader. So not sure. I was going to ask if you had done it or I'm, not, but T- Scooch was thinking about putting money line on AM because it was like plus 135 or something on Friday, and he ended up not doing it, I guess. I, I would imagine that it would have been canceled solely for the reason when they play doubleheaders in college, aren't they seven innings versus a normal nine-inning game? Just when they're on Sunday and they oh, okay. like travel, they play two nines on Saturday. Oh, okay, so yeah, it probably would have just rolled over into Saturday then. Oh, well, well the, uh, you got to look. Well, we'll look. Next we'll time. We'll figure it out for Next you. Time. If there is a line on the UK baseball game tonight at Kentucky Proud Park. Oh, Louisville is sucking. Give me the cats. Louisville has. They've been awful. As of late. They, Rutherford was talking yesterday that there's concerns they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. They're, they're okay. They're not, they're not to that point just yet. But it has been uh, a really kind of Jekyll and Hyde up and down season for U of all baseball. Kentucky has been mostly steady which has been good, but now they've lost three straight series, although not swept in any of them, and in competitive teams, obviously. Uh, you question where the Batcats are going into tonight's game as well. But if we can find a line on that one, we'll pass it over to you. But a good night at NBA. It continues again tonight. Some bad news if you didn't hear it. De'Aaron Fox, I think, has a broken finger in his shooting hand. He's a lefty, his left hand. He's got, I think, a broken index finger. One of the fingers. There's only four other, you know, there's only four of them. But I, I I think he's doubtful for game five, which isn't good news for the Kings. And it also makes the end of that game four even more brutal, just knowing if they could have gone up 3-1, maybe at some point if you can just get Fox back, you're going to be all right. Uh, but they don't play again until Wednesday. And it seems like he's most likely going to be out in that one. It does go back to Sacramento, so they'll have home court advantage. But I don't know how you win that game without De'Aaron Fox. Uh, but tonight you get the Hawks and Celtics. You'll get the Celtics trying to close out that series back at home. The Nuggets trying to close out the Timberwolves at home. And then the Suns trying to close out the Clippers at home. All those series 3-1 and the leading team at home. So you're probably going to get several, if not a clean sweep of closeouts tonight. We can maybe do predictions at the end of the show. Roush was pretty big news day yesterday we'll get to the uk side of things but my beloved aaron Rodgers, no longer a packer i was just scrolling and waiting on bated breath to see tj walker's take um because i think if uh i think if you're a packers fan and you kind of knew this writing was on the wall you got a decent haul uh you moved up two spots in the first round this year you got a second rounder uh, and you get next year's first rounder potentially, if he is healthy and plays X amount of games. the The interesting part too, the conditional pick was just play sixty five percent of the snaps this year, not if he plays next year. Which I know that was the that was kind of what they were most worried about. So um, yeah, what would you think? Are you, are you happy with the 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 hall of picks the Packers got? I'm happy about it. I, I don't think it was like this a uh, 
egregious will go down in history. The Packers took advantage of the Jets sort of deal. I think if you're the Jets, you're probably not too bummed about it. You're the Jets also. So what all have you gotten excited about over the last decade? And this is, this is at least something different, but I do think they're, they're hurting, potentially hurting their future down the road, but they're a relatively young team. If there's maybe a time to do it or get away with it, potentially now would be the time to do it for, for the Packers though. I'm, I'm pumped about it. I, I don't, most teams, when you say goodbye to a franchise player that has been there over a decade, a decade and a half, you don't get anything for them at all. And Green Bay is most likely going to get a first-rounder next year. Ideally, it'd be a, a good first-round pick, but I probably will end up being probably middle of the pack, somewhere around that. They get a second-rounder this year, the 42nd pick. That's nothing to sneeze at there. A six-rounder, nobody cares about that. And then there's the pick swap where they go from 15th this year up to 13th, which I've got mixed feelings about. That's what the Packers receive. They give Aaron Rodgers. They give a 2023 fifth round pick, which, you know, who really cares? And then, of course, the pick swap. So now the Jets will be picking 15th, where Green Bay now will be picking 13th. I think it's fine. I think it's good. The way I look at it is you're going to most likely get a first rounder next year. You're getting a second rounder this year. You're, and you're doing and you're getting the pick swap. I don't care about the other picks necessarily. But the way first rounder, you expect that to be a good to great starter. Second rounder, you you hope that that's a good starter, potentially could be great, also potentially could be a bust. But the way I look at it is you're you're probably getting two starters, one possibly great, one hopefully good, and a pick swap for Aaron Rodgers a guy who's going to turn 40 during this season. He just threw the most interceptions that he's thrown in a season in his last 14 years. you got to go back to his first year as a starter to have a season where he threw more interceptions than this past season. You're getting probably two starters and a pick swap for, for him, and he was never going to play in Green Bay again. The relationship was beyond repair. I'm happy about it. I, I think it. you could have gotten nothing. It could have been nothing for Aaron Rodgers in a different world or if he doesn't come back for that other season. So I'm fine with it. I'm cool with it. My buddy, he he thought Green Bay got hosed. You know, this is a four-time MVP. All you really got is a possible first-rounder and a second-rounder, which who really cares about second-rounders. And he proceeded to point out who Green Bay had drafted in the second round over the last few years. And for like an average NFL fan, Josh Jackson in 18, Elton Jenkins in 19, A.J. Dillon in 20, Josh Myers in 21, Christian Watson in 2022. I'd say like the average football or NFL fan maybe recognizes two or three of those names possibly. But all of them are starters except for Josh Jackson, who's now with the Cardinals. And honestly, I, I don't even remember that guy whatsoever. So that probably was a bad pick. That does showcase that the second round doesn't always go your way. But Jenkins is a starter. Myers is a starter. Christian Watson is a starter. And A.J. Dillon splits carries with, with Aaron Jones. Point being, like, second-round picks are important. You, you're getting depth pieces that you expect to start, and Green Bay has drafted pretty well with their second-round picks. So I'll take it. I'm happy with the trade. I will miss Aaron Rodgers. I definitely wish it had gone differently and ended differently. 
there is this weird fear feeling. It's, it doesn't really feel like a kumbaya. Let's all say goodbye. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to us. Because when you're doing a trade, it feels like you want to win the trade and you don't want to lose it. And I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel right. And I do like that Aaron Rodgers is not going to wear number twelve in New York. He's going to wear number eight. Ooh. Part of that's with the Joe Namath stuff. But weirdly, I like that. He'll get his good moment at Green Bay. They'll bring him back out after he's done playing football. I, I do think being a Packer meant a lot to him, although I don't think he always loved the front office and his bosses necessarily. But you'll get that nice moment. But for now, it just feels a little awkward and feels a little weird. But I'll wish him the best and excited about what Green Bay's got going. Uh, I think this next offseason, they're going to have probably as much cap money in the NFL just about as anybody else. And Green Bay never really gets to be spenders. So that's going to be exciting. And I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a terribly long rebuild, and it may not be a rebuild whatsoever if Jordan Love is is up to snuff. So I'm happy with the trade. The last time Green Bay trade traded a star franchise legendary quarterback to the Jets, all they got was a fourth-round pick for Brett Favre way back in oh, the day. Man. So this is significantly better, if you ask me. Roger's in much better shape. Well, you know, Favre still had good years. It didn't really work out well for him in New York. He ended up learning what you can and cannot send as text messages back in the early technology era of cell phones and, and that sort. However, he ended up going to Minnesota and probably should have gone to a Super Bowl. Uh, came up just short. He'd know a thing or two about that. So we'll see what Aaron Rodgers has in the tank, though, in New York. They've got a nice young core around him, one of the more exciting defenses in the NFL. I'll root for him. He's in the AFC. He joins just an absolutely loaded field of quarterbacks there. If you're a fan of an AFC team, Good night. If you make the playoffs, you just have to assume you're probably playing a Hall of Famer or somebody who who may be knocking on the door of a Hall of, uh, Hall of Fame, which is just wild to, to think about. NFC, though, wide open for Jordan Love to take over and the Packers to go 18-0 and next year, Nick Roush. I, I just uh, – I wasn't sure if like, – like good on the Packers for – holding out until the Jets did get it desperate enough to send some more picks, right? Because I know they were really wanting a first-rounder, and it's not definitive, but you move up two spots, you'll probably get one if Rodgers stays healthy, and you still got a second-round pick, which can be, like you said, a quality player. So, like, ultimately, I wasn't sure who this, this, this waiting game, I didn't know who it would benefit, but I think the Packers – were right to kind of dig their heels in until the Jets obliged and, and sent over a little bit more than they probably wanted to. Let me ask you about the pick swap. Do you think that's a big deal at all, moving from 15th to 13th? Do you think that is, when you're when you're talking about the Packers Hall, is that something that you'd say, hey, well, that's that's a good move? Because the rumor in Packer, well, you know, just answer that question in its own. In its own. Um, I'm, let me see here. Uh, the 14th pick. Is the Patriots? I, I I need to know. Like I, I think it's something. For me, it's more of I need to know the context of what people around them are looking for and what the Packers are looking for. Right? So like that's what really matters. The Green Bay butt slappers say that the Patriots, the Jets, and the Packers all have somewhat similar needs: offensive tackle, offensive line, edge rusher, and 
tight end possibly, but nobody thinks anybody, any of the teams are going to reach that early. But supposedly they say that that cluster of teams has a similar need, which, which NFL team couldn't use an elite offensive lineman or an elite edge rusher. Like any team could find a place for those guys. However, supposedly the Jets and the Patriots, so that's why some Packers fans like it, is because now on a on a trio of teams that all may be looking at the same or similar players, you'll you'll get the first pick between them. So they say. I don't know hmm. if that's I don't know what the Patriots or the Jets needs are. That um that would I mean that that's where that stuff like that does matter. Um but you're right. Like I now, now I'm just kind of waiting to see you're you're waiting to see how the first round pays off to see how much it does matter. Um, but I, I could see that it, it, two spots doesn't seem like a lot, but especially higher up, it does. Uh, it definitely does. The middle rounds, not as much, but, um, I could see, uh, that we had news come out yesterday that the Texans might just say, screw it, not get a quarterback. And they might trade out of, or try to try to move down from that second spot. Um, which would be. You you could like you could see a scenario where the Colts just trade with the Texans to get uh, Will Levis at number two overall. That, that's definitely on the table. Stuff like that is a big big deal on draft night. It's just we're getting it um, a couple days in advance, and it's also involving a, a future Hall of Famer, four time MVP quarterback. Roush, are you getting hyped that your bets are not completely dead? Yeah, but they probably are. They, they probably, probably are. are, but at least you got a little hope know. now. There's been some buzz about Levis the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Why don't you recap what the bet is for our radio audience? I just, I just bet on Levis to be the first quarterback taken, and I uh, have a little bit of first overall scratch in there too. Mm. But uh, you know, it's just play money. I don't, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't expect either of those to cash um, unless the Panthers just somehow. Fell in love with Levis, but I just I don't see that happening. Don't see that happening. Most likely, it's going to be the Colts. There's a lot of Colts buzz happening. Uh, that'll be this week. that'll be fun if he goes to Indianapolis, not far from Lexington, playing games in the area. Obviously, the blue and white angle of all of it. One more thing about the pick swap because I found this to be interesting, and I, I'm I'm not good at building NFL teams. I'm not a GM, and I'm not great at the draft, but. Supposedly, the Jets said, hey, if you don't want to do the pick swap, we'll give you a fourth-round pick. And instead, Green Bay said, no, you all can keep your fourth-round pick. Give us the pick swap. So is moving up two spots in the draft better than just an overall human being player that you would get in the fourth round? I think no. And I'm not a fan of fourth-round players for the most part. But I think I would have rather had just the, the a different player coming into camp and then letting two different teams pick a front of you like it was like it was meant to like it was already supposed to be. I think if you believe you can still get your number one guy by moving up, it's worth it. Because getting your top evaluated player takes precedent over whatever guy you might cut at training camp in the fourth round. So if they think that moving up two spots gives them a better chance of getting their number one guy, then then you got to do it. 
Yeah, I, I, you're probably right. I guess they have somebody in mind. They figure jumping up ahead will give them a better chance of drafting that person. And if that's the case, then then probably so. But you can get some great players in the fourth round. You can say that really about any round if you just find the right guy. But uh, there's been some good people picked in the in the fourth round. So, all right, there's some NFL talk. The draft is Thursday. Nick Roush heads to Kansas City tomorrow to eat all of their barbecue. Uh, so we'll talk more as the draft oh, about the draft as we get closer to Thursday. But big things happening. Probably won't be the last trade that you get before the draft or maybe on draft night, as that is so often uh, an occurrence. So we'll check it out. Don't go anywhere. Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Roll DJ Walker, Nick Rush, Justin Galen. We'll be right back. Kentucky Roll Call. Yes! Yes! Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Get your day started at one of Louisville's 2,000 Thorn locations all across the city and the area. You can get some fresh coffee to get your day started and fueled right. You can save money at the pump, too. Sometimes people wake up, they realize, ah, oh, forgot to left the tank on E. I should have stopped on the way home from work. That's all right. At Thornton's, you can make it worth your while. Save money at the pump. Save money inside and be a Refreshing Rewards member and get special discounts on all sorts of products inside Thornton's. You can get a 32-ounce soda right now for 89 cents. How about that? Thornton's, we love them. You will as well. Text on into the... Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450 today. All right, fun first segment there, touching on a few different topics. There's plenty more to talk about today, Roush. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot more to discuss. Which um, which way would you like to pivot? Well, I could go uh, – uh, we at least need to bring this up. Did you see – the SEC's proposals. Oh, God. Uh. Scoots, the SEC doesn't want people to storm the field. And to the point where they've done the, the money thing, where I think it's 50000 for your first offense, and then within like a five-year period, it can get up to 250000 something along those lines, I think. Maybe, maybe it's even more than that now. But they, they've done the money thing. I guess the SEC hasn't been blown away by that because – all these schools are rolling in the cash. Money's not really stopping. So they they came up with a few different proposals. None of these are official. They're not going to be official. They're not going to pass. But they are pretty wild proposals. Scooch, would you like to hear them? Uh, yeah, I, I heard a little bit of it yesterday, but I'm not real certain that I know all the details. So, yeah, hit me. Well, All right. The, Roush, take it away. The biggest one is – you would lose a potential home SEC game. So instead of alternating with Kentucky going to Tennessee, Tennessee coming to Kentucky, then you go to Tennessee, you would just play them on the road for three straight years. <laughs> yeah. 
And they also proposed that another possibility is if you storm the field, you lose the game that is being that that was stormed. Oh my it god! It ends up being a forfeit for your team. That is so that is so lame. Upsets LSU in 2007. Everybody's just going crazy. The field gets stormed. They come over the PA. Kentucky has forfeited tonight's contest due to a field storming. Please exit the field immediately, safely, and quickly. And it would have been Kentucky's second forfeited loss of the season at that point because they also rushed the field against Louisville earlier on. These are horrible ideas. I get that you want to stop people rushing the field. Don't do it this way. I just... It feels like the SEC is trying really hard to fix a problem that very few people have. This, do you think the SEC was mad when Tennessee fans rushed the field after the Alabama loss? No. It's the best thing that happened to the SEC in a long time. Getting another team to feel like they're in the mix, that they can contend for a title, that they can beat Bama. That was an overall positive for the league. Yet, what happened... A few years ago when LSU rushed the field, it was back with the Joe Burrow year when they beat uh, Alabama. A few bros tried to get into it with Alabama staffers. So because of a few people's actions, we're all of a sudden losing our damn minds over something that it's, it's, it's not really a problem. I know Cal won't go to Indiana because of it, but that was just the overall nastiness of everybody that exists in Assembly Hall. Like, if you go to Assembly Hall, you might be a bad person, Scoots. That's why. It's not the court storming. We're going to move past that. But there are – so the reason I don't like this, either way, either of those rules that you brought up is there are going to be a couple teams that have immunity. Alabama's of the world and the Georgia's of the world aren't ever going to storm the floor or the court or the field. So anybody who Mm -hmm. beats them – is going to storm the field because that's a huge win. So, yep, yeah, Alabama good. and Georgia oh, are protected man. and all this. That's an even better thought, Scoots, because it's just further separating the haves from the have-nots. Absolutely. Even if you beat one of the haves, you're going to get punished for it. Unfairly. <laughs> yeah, you got to come up with something better. And our guy, Oscar Combs, who we like and respect and appreciate, he, I think I saw him tweeting around, just take scholarships away from the teams. That's also equally as terrible of an idea. Like, let's punish kids and opportunities to get free education. I know nil is a factor for a lot of these people. Not for everybody, though, where getting that scholarship can be a big deal still for some people. So that's also not a good idea. Why don't you just up the fines to, like, if you rush the field, you're getting fined $5 million. Yeah, try that. (laughs) Here's a better solution. You rush the field, you're getting five. You're getting fined $5 million. Half of it's going to the FCC. Half of it's going to the team that you rush the field against. So if you'd like to give Alabama Athletics $2.5 million to kind of put them in a tough spot, then you give Alabama $2.5 million. That will stop teams from allowing fans onto the field. That Yeah, I, I do. It, we'll make it $50,000. Make it where it's so expensive where the universe – excuse I'll let you go in a second. But in the budget, they have to decide – Hey, we need to spend an extra seventy thousand per game on security to make sure that we don't lose five million on the season. So we gotta we gotta just pony up. We gotta pony up to make sure that nobody's rushing this field when when the when we get an exciting win. I do think that money is gonna be the only thing you can do in this situation because you so you brought up football players losing scholarships. 
Football players are only going to rush the field if they see the fans rushing the field. They're not. If the fans don't rush the field, the football players aren't going to go out there and make a big scene and have a big huddle. At least in my experience, I don't. I don't find that to be true. And then also for the fans, what are you going to do? So I kind of like the three years straight a road game as punishment, but only with the preface that the fans are not going to care. You know what I mean? So you you can put that rule into place, but fans. They're gonna they're gonna fan they're gonna do whatever they want. So if the fans are wanna, gonna want to rush the field, I don't know that losing a game, a home game next year, would deter them from doing that. So basically, you have to have involvement from everybody: the team, the fans, the security personnel, like you mentioned, TJ. Everybody has to be on the same page, and that's that's just hard to do these days. Here, yeah, I'm not worried about the players rushing the field. They right. yeah, they, they do that after the every field, game. The team, the, the team will be punished with scholarships. As it didn't have to do with the players necessarily. Yeah, the, either way, I hate it. The part that I don't like, I don't think there's anything you can do to stop 70,000 people. Exactly. When it's a win that big. Like, that's just like, it, it, it's too freaking cool. It is just, too, it's too cool. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't, I think the SEC knows that. And that's why they're trying to get really creative where it's like, we probably can't do a four sorted thing. There may not be enough security to keep all these people off the field. Let's do something that's really going to hit them hard. And that way they will not be motivated to rush the field because they, because they do agree that it's just impossible to stop once you get that sort of hoo-ha. I, I just, uh, it, at least it is, um, like Kentucky is at a point in its program where I don't think Kentucky, like football fans would storm the field for anything but a victory over Georgia. But I, it's just it's just so awesome. It's so much fun. I don't know how the, when there's seventy thousand people. I don't care how much security you got. I don't care what the fines are. Uh, there was a quote that Hunter Yurichek had after Arkansas beat Texas, and I forget who it was in back to back weeks in uh what's his name's first year sam Pittman's first year and he said uh it's worth every dime you know like that what those games what those moments what that field storm means to a program it's 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 you can't put a price tag on it man you get fans for life because of this and to take that away from the sport all because you got a few pissed off staffers like just get the hell out of there like uh all right, let me. I, I, you know how I feel about all this, but let me do right. the radio. Let me do the radio. Do, do devil's advocate. Yeah. All right, somebody, somebody eventually is going to die storming a field. People have been seriously hurt. People have been seriously injured. Uh, maybe somebody has died somewhere along the way. But you're going to get an SEC. It's going to be some sort of tragedy. Somebody's going to get trampled. Something horrible is going to happen. Will you feel the the same way about it when that happens? I just don't think anybody's ever going to die from it unless they're physically unable to like the the times that there have been major tragedies at english football stadiums it's usually um because of like they they get into hooligan mode right and they start like vandalizing stuff or the stadium just part of it collapses um it's rarely combative it's usually celebratory and like somebody falls and breaks a leg so um i and I also don't think it happens frequently. And I mean, we get uh, what do you? How many times do you think uh, an SEC school storms the court per year or field? Field, not court. Court's a little different. I bet they do in basketball a little bit more often. I bet there are on average three SEC field stormings a season. 
That feels about right. Which like some maybe some years maybe less, some years maybe more. So that's three games out of fourteen maybe. times twelve. Um, I'm bad at math, but what's the number fourteen times twelve? That would be like about one six sixty one seventy somewhere 168. around there. Yeah, there we go. Like that's that's not really a problem, right? You're 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 <laughs> three times out of 168. This happens, and now you're going over the top for this. I just I think it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. So Roush is pro tragedy at sporting events is what I'm is what I'm getting at. No, I, I'm I'm with you. Like I I think I agree with you. I think that it makes for fun memories. If you were in college and you stormed the field, you probably remember it, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, or if you, if you didn't, you probably wish maybe that you did have a game or you did have a moment where you were able to do that. So I agree with you. I, I like it. I think it can be good for the sport. It can be good for teams that are trying to grow and build momentum. Uh, and it's good for it, – there's a reason why it doesn't happen at the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. It's because they're at the spot that they want to be at as a program. It happens in other places because they feel like they're starting to move the ladder and it's worth getting excited about. Uh, I, what about a solution – I think you just do the fine You just do the fine stuff and you pay the money. And if it really means that much to a team, then the team can pay it off. Uh, you just make sure – you know, hit it home to all the teams that, like, safety is the number one priority – if people get hurt, blah, 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 you make sure you're insured and all that sort of stuff. But uh, that's what I would probably do. But what about an idea somewhere in the middle where Ooh. you do lose a home game? However, it's just when you play that team again. So let's say somehow Mississippi – this could actually – well, no. We would want Mississippi State to maybe rush the field against Kentucky in some weird scenario. And that way you wouldn't have to go back to Starkville. But if a team rushes the field against a team, the next year that you play them, it's your school's job to set up a neutral site game outside of your state, and you're just your your school's in charge of it all, and all the profits get split 50-50 between the two schools, just like it's any other normal neutral site game. And then not only do you lose a home game, but you're also responsible for having to set up the neutral site game, which is probably a pain in the butt, I would imagine. How about that? And that way it's only one game. It's not like you're being punished and you're having to go on the road to a hostile environment. You're giving your fans an excuse for a little bit of a road trip because they decided to rush the field. There you go. Win-win for everybody. Vandy may just always rush the field, even in losses, to be like, we don't want to play Memorial Stadium anymore. Please. You could also do Anywhere the, else. The, the Vandy method for storming the field, which is just everybody in single file. Walk, yeah, that walk was lit. Kids were getting yeah. after it there. It looked like line dancing. It looked like a lot of fun. Oh, man. Yeah, you could have Arkansas fans just storm the field every game and be like, ah, I guess we got to go back to Jerry World. Shucks. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we don't get to stay in Fayetteville. Oh. The good news is, is this isn't going to be a unilateral Greg Sankey only decision. Uh, they're going to be discussing this at spring meeting. So a lot of, you know, I, I don't know if a majority has to decide to. One thing I don't like, though, is one of the people that's in charge of fixing this problem is none other than our pal Mitch Barnhart. So, well, he is all about fun. I think he's going to come down and say, "Listen, SEC, I'm 
serious about safety, but we need to let these kids have a good time. Not only do we allow field rushings, we have shot stations and kegs located throughout the field to give the kids something to do once they're out there. Here's That's the what Mitch Barnard's going to say. They made, they made this working group. It's Georgia and Bama's AD. You think they give a damn about wanting like – they're, they're trying to stop people rushing the field against them. Ooh, instead of people rushing the field, how do you get them to stay in the stands? Shot skis passed Ooh. up each row. And then you collectively do it, takes their mind off rushing the field. They're happy. You're happy. Everybody's good. You don't have oh, to worry oh. about rushing the field. What you know here? Here's an actual way that it could help is instead of having fans rush the field, you have players rush the stands. Huh? You've seen you've seen that in basketball from time to time, where you'll get players go into the student section. I, I'm I'm cool with that too. But the thing is, the players will need to do it as fervently as you will have the fans do it. So you'll need the players to rush up there really, really fast. And like very ferociously. They're uh, probably going to be tired, though. You know. That's well. Then you know, bring it to it. Uh, that's fine. And then they have to also like you know rush past the first several rows, get to the middle of the whole thing, and then it turns into a big party. Yeah, well, we're we're idea men. It's not even it's not even a Wednesday, and we're com- we're helping solve the SEC's problems. You're welcome, Mitch Barnhart, Greg Byrne, and whoever Georgia's AD, Josh Brooks. It's also like thank thank goodness we're past the pandemic because if we're at the point where now like our biggest concerns are how do we stop field rushing and field stormings it's like we, we're pretty bored i think like i think we're yep. a little bored we don't have during the pandemic it was like how do we get this football season in can this team do it and can we get that one in and do we play conference games and blah 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 and now it's well do we take away a road game from them or do we uh, we could just make them forfeit the game who cares? Roush is right. It's not even a real problem right now. Nope. Not a real problem. Oh, gosh. But we'll find out more. They'll present their findings at the SEC spring meetings and then get a vote. That happens after Memorial Day down in Destin, Florida. Um, Daryl Bird, one of his favorite trips of the year. Daryl Bird, always there getting his chat up with uh, Mitch. All right, yes. Roush, you, the, the folks at On3 say, Roush, we're doing you up big. For for one of these for one of these trips, you can go cover those SEC meetings and hang out on the beach with Daryl Bird. That sounds fun. You've talked a lot about that in the past. Or on three says Roush, you get to go cover the the UK games in Toronto. Head on up north. Summer in the Maple City. Which one are you taking? Oh man. I think you do have to go with the basketball games just because you're getting wow. to watch it. Daryl Bird will you're, be heartbroken. It, now, it would be much easier to go hang out with Daryl Bird and like just be on the beach, write a couple stories. But I think I would prefer, you know, I don't know. I, d- I wouldn't need to update my passport, though. So that could, uh, that could slow me down. But I think you do have to pick – the the trip to go see Globo Team Globo Gym in the uh, dodgeball finals. Uh, I don't get it. Oops. Every time I see Global Jam, I just think of uh, Globo Gym from. Oh, dodgeball. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've done admittedly done that as well. Yeah, I don't know. I think mo- like if I have to pick between Toronto or Destin, I'm almost always going to pick Destin. But one, both are in pretty much the middle of summer. 
So I'd rather go somewhere a little bit cooler in the summer than somewhere warmer. And then secondly, getting to watch basketball, especially some new players as well, that will be more fun than just covering stupid, boring old meetings. Even if it does mean you get like a one-on-one with Mitch Barnhart or John Calipari, which is cool. And it's probably actually more downtown at Destin. You're probably just kind of hanging out on the beach a little bit more. Exactly, exactly. But give me the Toronto trip. Let me watch the basketball cats, break up the summer boringness of lack of sports, and uh, I'll, I'll take that trip up north. Have you and you you went to was it was it Toronto for your basketball trip? Yeah, I think it was technically like uh, it was a- it was outside of Toronto. It was Got like you. forty minutes, but I forget what the name Oakville or something. Okay, but see, like I don't know if I would ever want to go to to like what would ever take me to Toronto aside from this. So yeah, that's probably why I would pick that. I've been to Destin. I mean, it's fine. It's the beach. It's great. But I, I do ultimately think you gotta you gotta side with uh, old Toronto in this scenario. Yeah, I didn't even get to like go besides the airport. I didn't really even go like to downtown Toronto or get to do anything. So uh, that would even be more fun too, knowing that I would like to go to this trip. Probably will not, but I, I'd like to go check out the cats up there. And then U of L women's going to be doing like the same thing. I think in the same area. So. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be some media here that are going to say, all right, woo-hoo, we'll make it worth our while. We'll get to get some, some coverage. Oh, especially well. Louisville TV media during the summer. That's oh, that's yeah. perfect for them. They'll, those sportscasters, that'll be their whole five-minute block. Um, they won't have to just do bats and reds in Louisville City or whatever. So uh, I bet Jeff Walls, too, I bet you he gets after it during his downtime. He strikes <laughs> me as a guy who, uh, who, who, who puts back some, some light beers, some light lagers. I would imagine so. Uh, Scooch, we know you'd take the beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I knew you, why you weren't coming to me. That's an easy decision. Scooch, what's going on with the lightning? Lightning? Oh, yeah. Tampa Bay? My gosh. Yes. I'm, so, I'm so mad. They were literally winning 4-1 to one last night. In the third quarter, or in the third period, and lost 5-4 to four in overtime. Pretty embarrassing. It is embarrassing. You gotta fire you gotta fire the coach. Uh no, absolutely not. That coach is amazing. Love that guy. Well, pretty about, he just blew amazing. a four yeah. one lead. No, I know, but so Tampa Bay and um Toronto played in the first round last season as well. Tampa Bay swept them four nothing. So Toronto's just out for revenge. Oh, not the Lightning's fault. Not the Lightning's fault, yeah. There's nothing they could do. Nothing we nothing. can do. Just, yeah, nothing they can do. <laughs> text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. UK is heading up there. We already knew it. I think Jack Pilgrim was the first one with that news. And who are they? They're going to play Team Africa one game and some other teams, some other games. Canada is one game. Should be cool. Who else? Yeah. What will UK's team look like? Will Hunter Dickinson be there playing with the Cats? That's what we all want to know. I guess he wraps up his visit today, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we might be getting some initial reports. TJ, I'm going to predict that things went well. Wow. This is this is pretty fascinating. I don't we say this a lot that there's not been recruitments like this or stuff, but it it, it all it all changes. You know, 5 6 years ago, we would have never thought that the transfer portal would be such big recruiting. So, you do get new scenarios and new situations, but this is a this one the whole Oscar thing, we talked about that to, to death last week. That whole situation is unique in its own right. But 
this Hunter, the spot that UK is in with Hunter Dickinson is also interesting where it's UK's probably had recruitments like this with freshmen, but I don't know if I can remember something like this necessarily in the transfer portal where UK, we knew that UK was interested. You weren't really sure how much Kentucky was going to go all in because again, you thought Oscar could be potentially coming back. You thought UK on the front court looked pretty solid as is, but it was a big name. You, and, and so Kentucky reached out, and that was pretty much that for a good while. And then you heard about some other teams. You heard about Maryland making some staff moves to try to appease Hunter Dickinson and Georgetown, obviously hiring a new coach and making Hunter Dickinson a priority. And then Kansas popped up at, for Hunter Dickinson. And, and you thought as a Kentucky fan, like, okay, all this kind of makes sense. And you're not hearing a lot about Kentucky, and that's fine. But then, boom. He's going to visit Kentucky. And all this stuff kind of came out of left field. And if you follow John Calipari's playbook and you follow UK's basketball's playbook when the transfer portal happens, usually when they key in on somebody, they go out and they get them. And it's usually fast, and it usually is quiet because that's what every everything UK basketball does for the most part. And they end up getting their guy. This one's a little interesting just because it seemed like UK was out of the picture. All of a sudden, they've come rushing into the picture. If history tells us anything, it probably should tell us UK seemingly is in a good spot. However, you have pretty much all of the experts in UK media saying, yeah, maybe, but it's not, it's not a sure thing. And that's a little different. So you're conflicted about how to feel about where UK's position is with Hunter Dickinson, taking all of this into consideration. If you're following the tracks, it seems like UK is like it's following its prey and it's about ready to pounce and get what they want. And that's what they normally do. This came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, a visit happens. Calipari spends two hours in a Michigan airport, convinces him to visit under the pretense of UK's new strength and conditioning program. And they got him in. However, it just it, this whole thing has felt like UK has been on the outside looking in. So I think some people are scared to make that prediction that it's going to be UK. But I point people back to the Final Four with Travis Branham. He's a recruiting guy. He, what is it, 24-7, I think, does great work and is one of the most plugged-in people on the recruiting scene. Back at the Final Four, he he said, hey, don't." he, he mentioned the possibility of Hunter Dickinson playing at Kentucky. And it seems so out of left field, and it seems so bizarre, but he was the first person to bring this up, and it was a long time ago. So there is a part of me, Roush, that thinks UK is exactly where it needs to be, doing the things it needs to be doing. And I I think they may get Hunter Dickinson, Roush. Everything is kind of tracking that this is how UK operates, and they're about ready to get their guy. And then you take in the Travis Branham tweet, and it's like, oh, maybe this has been in the work even longer than this. Well, people forget, too, that Travis Branham is a former U.K. basketball manager. So, you know, he's, he knows those folks pretty, pretty well. well and he's, he's connected to everybody in recruiting. You know, he's got a lot of – yeah. that, that could have all been coming from Michigan side of thing or Hunter Dickinson side of thing. He covered that recruitment back in the day. So, it's it seems – like they're slow playing this or almost almost intentionally slow playing this is like, yeah, he is kind of interested in Kentucky. Kinda, and then all of a sudden he's going to commit and people are going to wonder how that happened. But I think once you start to connect the dots here, 
UK may be in a better position than than they think. And as I've said, if you can lock him up, you lock him up. It probably does mean that you're not. It almost certainly means you're not getting Oscar Sheebway back, and whatever happens with him, you don't worry about it because you've got your piece, you've got your front court solidified, and you get ready to rock and roll for the upcoming season with a fresh feel, but still dominant presence up front. I, I would be all for it. I've got a feeling maybe it's going to happen. Fingers crossed. Like we said, he he does have a visit playing to Villanova. For later on this week, we'll see if he takes it. I would assume that he probably will, just because why not uh, at this point? But um, we should have we should have some clarity. I, I would think pretty soon on what Dickinson's going to do. So he's let's make it happen. Be, he's supposed to be visiting Villanova. I guess if you hear that visit isn't going to take place anymore, that will be a tip, a real yeah. tip of what's going to happen. If he, that Villanova does take place, maybe it just you know it just sells. It's going to take a little bit more time. However, I'm not. I, we'll see. I'm not so sure. We'll end hour one here. We're going to come back. No daily double break today. So if you're used to the good old fashioned eight minutes to go take care of what you need to, you're going to miss out on some exciting Kentucky roll call content. So don't go anywhere. This is Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be back for another hour. Just the two of us We can make it if we try Just the two of us Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. This weather makes you want to get out on the links and hit the course with your Big X Sports Radio golf card. You can get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com. You're going to get to play the nicest courses in the area for under $25 around with the Big X Sports Radio golf card. Some of those nicest courses include Park Mammoth, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, Christmas Lake, and Santa Claus, Indiana. There is a limited supply, but if this is something that you think would be a good gift for somebody, go ahead and get it today even if maybe you got to sit on it for a little bit. But the sooner you get your big X-Sports Radio golf card or you give it to somebody, you gift it to somebody, it can start being enjoyed. Courses all over the area, beautiful, some of the top in the state, on both sides of the river, under $25 around. Go to BigXSportsRadio.com or 812-725-1457, 812-725-1457 for the Big X Sports Radio Golf Card 2023 edition. We got people that get them every single year, and one person that I know that gets them every single year says this is the best card yet. So that's exciting. That's exciting stuff. You're going to want to get yours today. Fun first hour there flew by. Probably means this hour is going to go by even faster. We've got the Thornton's text line 
to get to 502-414-1450. The Batcats take on UofL. UK has a, I think, a 23-game lead in the all-time series between those two teams. However, been more lopsided towards UofL as of late. This could be a time for Nick Mingione to pounce and get one, make the fan base yeah. have more goodwill. It's been a fun season, so beating your rival, that would only add to it. Things have started to slow down a little bit for the Batcats. This would be a nice way to get things on track, especially with a tough series coming up against Vanderbilt later this week. So uh, we can talk more about that as the show goes on. Roush, I, I've seen you tweet about it no fewer than 13 times but or write about it, but you're very intrigued by what's going on at Colorado. They uh, We mentioned yesterday that they were having players drop. That was just the tip of the iceberg. KRC curse. They had significantly more drop even after we got off the show. 17 uh, players yesterday, and it, it could be more as well, uh, enter the transfer portal. And, you know, when Dion came in, he, he even said, like, it's, it's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of turnover. Uh, get ready to pack your bags. And but it's just one thing how startling it was when, hell, their breakout performer um, in the spring game, their top wide receiver, as you mentioned yesterday, TJ, uh, he bolts for the portal. Just a lot of players going in and out. And I know that Coach Prime is just going to be a story all college football season. And whether – I know initially it was good for Colorado – and they, they had a huge turnout their spring game. But there's going to be plenty of bad. Um, his offensive coordinator is kind of rising on the ranks, but the defensive coordinator, eh. Um, what they've done at the quarterback position is just, eh. Um, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. Uh, and I, I hope people are prepared for it. And I just – I wonder how the players are going to handle it. Um because I believe now they also had their leading rusher into the portal. Like, is Smoke going to be a, a a number one running back? We've seen that guy. We know we know what he is. Is he RB one in the Pac twelve? Say a lot about the Pac twelve, uh, in my opinion. But so they, they they're going to have it's it's going to be uh, a rough road ahead, uh, and all eyes are going to be on them. Right? It's not like when Colorado struggled last year and they were just you didn't hear about them. Colorado, its highs and its lows will be a talking point all college football season. So prepare accordingly. It's going to be fascinating. You, you get a ton of buzz. You get a ton of attention. Obviously, the spring game attendance wasn't nothing. That's really impressive to be able to do that. But it's it's you're going to be a lightning rod, the both the good and the bad. You're going to get a lot more attention. So was this just strictly just kind of funneling people out? or just being way over the scholarship number? I saw some Colorado fans say they knew this was coming. I mean, the thing is, is it was going to be a... It's just startling that it's this many people. And you're, that is correct. And a lot of those guys aren't... You know, a lot of those guys were farther down the depth chart. Um, but you still, I, I think... Just seeing it is eye-opening, right? All at once, this mass exodus. And that this happens, but it's usually not now, you know? It's not after the spring. I think that is the part that um, is the most surprising. And it also might be something that we just kind of need to get used to. It probably won't be 17 players at once. The one thing I didn't realize was happening um, 
CL Brown, he's back at the Courier Journal. So good for the CJ getting him back. But he had something because yeah, U of L got a transfer from North Carolina yesterday. Uh, a safety that played, I think he started in like 11 games last year. So a good player. So he transferred to Virginia for the spring and then re-entered the portal, and now he's going to Louisville. Is that how – what? Yeah, how? Virginia fans were acting like he was kind of – like it was like, okay, guy, go see you later. Like he was, he was a bit of a character in the short time they got to know him. But how is that – I know that they they they're, they hand out waivers left and right, but two transfers in one offseason? How are we – how's that happening? Well, it, that's a good question. Not sure. Maybe he never even got approved at Virginia before, and it'll just be like, I was just a student there. I wasn't I wasn't trying to get appeal for student-athlete eligibility. I don't know. Yeah, that is that is crazy. bizarre. I was wondering yeah. – I was wondering that – as well but yeah the the more the more things change the more they they stay the same and you can make that case with uh, our friends down in tuscaloosa because they're having oh yeah they're having they're having some issues uh a name that got brought up here on the thornton's text line from time to time jaquan walton who was a transfer from wichita state he's kind of a, a utility wing can do a, a can do a different thing kind of a guard wing can do different things good to defensively but can also score a little bit uh there was reason to get excited about him he was going to go play his basketball at alabama but he gets stopped by tuscaloosa police they get a call about a lot of noise a lot of people in a car kind of acting out they smell some marijuana from the car jaquan walton's in the car allegedly there's a gun there they have a gun yep and they have told uh, them we got a gun they have 20 grams of pot which is a decent amount, not yeah. like not an astronomical amount, but that is, if yeah. you had like a, a jar, it would be totally and completely full. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a good amount of pot, and almost an Alabama. Ha- what's that, Scoots? Almost an ounce. Yeah, almost an ounce. Just a little shy of an ounce. You were quick on that, <laughs> and he, the uh, Nate Oates, the head coach at Alabama, he says, "You're gone. We're not. Ha- we're not having it. We're not having it." Which a lot of people, Roush, are wondering, what, what, where was this with Brandon Miller? Now, I don't care, first and foremost. and I, But I don't know if that was necessarily kickoff the team worthy. Maybe well, it was the fact that he wasn't even on the, the timing, team. Yet? It's the timing of it, yeah. yeah. And that he's he was the first guy after the last guy, after the big one. So Oates has to put on this. I'm a big tough guy right now. You know the sh- the sheriff's in town. There's no nonsense, and uh, it, like you said too, it's also easier when the guy hasn't played a game. Okay, all right, we just aren't dealing with this. Just not not going to do it. That's probably what it is. Just like before, you we could even get to know if you're a good kid or not. We can't give you the benefit of the doubt. That being said, a guy we're a guy has what? what which one of these is bad? Like. Which one of these is worthy to have your scholarship taken away and your opportunity taken away? And I think it does boil down to just the fact that like you you're not you're hardly even on the team before you get into this stuff. But in 2023, who cares if somebody has pot? That's a lot, you know. So I'd want to be like, are you selling? What are you getting into? That sort of deal. So that would be a concern, but that's not a sellable amount. I mean, 
That's I mean that's yeah. that's just personal yeah. use. I almost guarantee nearly, it. Near, nearly an ounce is probably too much to have on your in a car with you. Maybe they just right? picked it up. I mean, uh, in general, were they dumb? Yes. Like have, having, having gun, you know, having a gun. Though, he didn't. That's not. That's nothing against the law. Now, maybe Alabama has their own policy. They have their own team policies, and their athletics has their own policies. But it's not illegal to have a gun, and he didn't get charged or in any legal trouble for the gun. Right. The only legal trouble was was for the pot. So it does. It's just, like if, if it was somebody that was on the team years before. I would hope that they'd almost give them the benefit of the doubt of like, hey, this is your first time of getting in trouble. You, you ain't having a gun on you anymore, and the pot stuff we're going to take care of in-house, whatever, you know, drug testing or whatever you want to do in that regard, I don't really care. I don't know. It just seems like the Brandon Miller stuff, somebody got killed. This one, nobody was hurt, and at the end of the day, they're only getting charged with having a little bit of weed on them. Yeah. yeah. It's just the overall. It's like, Come on. Dude, don't. It's bad headlines. Drugs and guns, right? I just that, like if I got in a car with somebody that's got an ounce of weed on them, I'm probably going to be pretty skeptical about just getting in the car off the get go. And then two, yeah. I'm definitely going to be like, hey, let's make sure we don't do anything stupid to potentially draw more attention over well, us. The way that it was described to it sounded like they were they were hitting a dip, right? They were uh, cutting a lick. Going out to, to smoke a little, which, uh, you know, I'm not. In this day and age, it's not 2002. You don't have to, like, go get an apple and a Coke can and, like, go off, like, six yards or 60 yards into the woods. And then, like, any, you know, sound you think, it means you think that this is a raid and the cops are going to get you. Like, the edible and vape game makes it pretty easy to do that stuff really wherever you want. But uh, whatever. Whatever. Another more more drama with with Nate Oates and the See, Alabama basketball program. And, and the thing is, is that's just where you're like you're walking on thin ice right now at Alabama. If this would have happened anywhere else, is it that big of a deal? Uh, you had the the Memphis commit who got charged with. He actually had gun charges. It was like an assault with a deadly weapon thing. But like even that was kind of a flash in the pan news. I'm I'm fascinated by where Jaquan Walton's going to go next because, uh, like you said, I don't. He's a think nice it, player. He is a nice player. If I'm U of L, I'm like, guns, drugs, don't care. Come on, them. Seriously though, bring the drugs with you. Yeah, their fans could use some. Don't need the guns. Don't don't necessarily need the guns. Their fans. That being How said, about Kenny Payne? What's that? Ralph said their fans could use some. I said their fans. How about Kenny Payne? Give that guy some drugs. Uh, you know what? It was funny. I was talking with some family members this weekend, and all they wanted to talk about was Kenny Payne. Like, they were just so fired up. Like, is he even coaching over there? Have you ever heard him talk? Like, what's he doing? So, Kenny, he need, he doesn't need a downer. He needs an upper. Somebody give him an Adderall script. You also have Rick Pitino just almost – targeting L targets now at this point and that's been kind of fun to watch they may take that umass transfer who wasn't even all that great of a transfer to begin with but L, man it's happening again like the kenny Payne's just not addressing their biggest need in an appropriate fashion at least not up to this point and then things have got a little quiet for mbaco mm. oh yeah you're right they uh 
<laughs> I thought that was going to happen relatively quickly. Nope. Yeah, maybe they should get on that. Do something. One would think. Let's hit the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. What's Scoot's text- injury that's not allowing him to play golf? Oh, the good old sciatic nerve damage. But good news on that front, boys. The last two days, so I, I give myself like a designation every day. I'll come home and I'll be like, oh, that was an okay day for my leg. Or that was a good day for my leg. Last two days, I've came home and it's been great. So I've had two really, really good days. Hoping it keeps up. I'm I'm shooting for, well, busy week next week with being at the track, but maybe I can get out for some golf next week. What days will we be out at the track? All of them, Monday right? Monday through Thursday, right? Oh, not Friday? We, we, we don't work on Oaks. Oh, sweet. Perfect. Scoots. Scoots. Love Scoots. it. Yeah. Love to hear it. And, yeah, remember <laughs> we went, like, that's how you got lost at the track, remember? No, I don't. <laughs> we, didn't do the show, we didn't do the show that morning, though? I thought we did. No, I don't think so. I thought we went from home, Oaks. No, so, no, I don't think we work Oaks. Yeah, we don't work oh, Oaks because uh, I think that's when that. EJ does uh, a two-hour show. Talk to him oh, EJ. Yeah. He's excited for the Derby. Yeah, you're right. EJ does do something that morning. Man, we didn't see EJ at the Christmas party, and then we didn't get to do the Road to Kentucky Derby this year. We'll see he's him excited, out the track. Though. Yeah, we'll have we'll have him on next week. Uh, he's uh, he he's fired up. I was asking him his Derby horses, so uh, uh, I think I'm actually going to have to head over there today to pick up credentials. So I'm. Uh, Fired up to see him. I love the it's 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 my background noise. Um, they they play the morning workout show from seven to eight a.m. So like what just I just watch the horses gallop while we're talking, and it's just like ooh pretty horse, ooh pretty horse. Rouse, you gonna get That's our fun. credentials too? Um, I, do you want me to? I think that'd yeah. probably be for the best. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, for show. I. Roush, on Sunday morning, there was nothing on, of course, after watching church, there was nothing on TV. So I just like turned it to TVG because they did have something on. It was just kind of previewing the day of racing. But oh, every yeah. so often, it would just break and it'd play like techno disco dance music. And this is a reference that maybe like only oh, three man. other people get. Dude. Is that a thing that happens frequently? <laughs> oh, man. You must have been watching at a weird hour. That's like... So back in uh, the the good old days when I could still really get after it, or uh, or move after a night of boozing, we'd go. You know, you go back to the hangout spot. Maybe somebody orders a pizza. You're all kind of winding down from the night, and then we'd start betting Japanese horse racing at like two a.m. Basically, TVG turns into the Weather Channel, where they will just play like weird music and show race results. It's it's very <laughs> bizarre, but yeah, you. you <laughs> <laughs> this was hey, but this was at like 10 a.m. though. Like this was like during their normal. Like they must have been having technical difficulties well, or something because like it'd be like Maria Montgomery and she'd be like, "Yeah, great slate at Keeneland today. We're here at the Jockeys Club." And then it like they she get done with her segment, it cut away, and then it just show like the odds or show horses running. And it'd be like, <laughs> doop, 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 "Oh doop, man, it's great." Doop. Yeah, it, they really it was kind of a good way to get your Sunday going. To be honest with you. It was a nice, uh, it was a nice, it was a nice TV show. I didn't know what was going on, but it was a nice TV show. So, Scooch, you're going to play golf here soon, is what you're saying? Uh, hopefully, if all goes well, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a, a week, a week timetable. Yeah. Oh 
Um, Pretty excited. Did you see we had our, our first derby scratch, though? No. So Chad Brown's Blazing Sevens. He's out. He's waiting for the Preakness. It worked last year. He did that with uh, early voting, and that horse won the Preakness. Uh, but now it means Brad Cox will have the most horses in the field. He'll have four riders. Jace's Road is the fourth. Uh, and Todd Pletcher has three. So now we've got seven seven horses in the field, in the projected field, I should say. There's there's obviously a long way to go until we draw post positions, horses get sick, they have minor injuries, setbacks, et cetera, et cetera. But um, seven of the 20 are trained by Brad Cox or Todd Pletcher. That Pletcher's not the one who's never won, right? That's Steve Asimson? Correct. Okay. Correct. And he, uh, I believe his is on the outside looking in as well. Disarm. It's a uh, it's an alternate right now. I want to say so. Um, Pletcher's won t- twice, and Cox his only win was when Medina Spirit got DQ'd. So that one doesn't really feel like a win as much either. So no disarm is in. I take that back. So Asmussen will have uh, a rider, but yeah. yeah. So just is this the last year without Baffert? Correct. Gotcha. Correct. And even th- even so, the horses that he moved out of his barn. None of them really made it. So this would have been a, a down year for him regardless. Because um, I believe Tim Yachtin just trained those horses from the get-go. That's where they end up getting sent to. So, so yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be back. He'll be back. Don't you worry. But, uh, yeah, a little, little bit different without, uh, without old Bobby B uh, on the backside. Well, Texture says, I don't know what Mingione was thinking, bunting with two outs and the bases loaded in the game one Saturday. The next inning, A&M hits a three-run homer and never looked back. Coaching lost that series more than how the team played. Yeah, when you walk as many people as they did, that doesn't help. But I also agree that some of the bunting decisions were just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You may be able to get them, catch them one time on it, but A&M was well-prepared for all those little shenanigans. So I was not – Mingione didn't help the team out this over the weekend and uh, the pitching didn't help the team out over the weekend, but it's baseball. You got to turn to the next one. The next one's an important one against your rival tonight, seven o'clock KPP go out there and have a beer. Enjoy the good weather. First time you've been able to watch a UK UVL game in Lexington with a legal alcohol purchase. They've been able to do that at UVL ever since I can remember Roush would be, would be nice too. Cause this is one of those things that uh, gives the casuals a boost. Midweek games don't matter a ton, but beating Louisville, it, it does matter. It does matter. So go out there, take care of business, Batcats. Win one for the Gipper. Send Mc, old Dan McDonald packing. South End Josh here. TJ's SEC sorority girl impersonation sounds like a Monty Python skit. You Thank should, you, I think. Josh, you should hear his Amish accent. Now that is funny. Maybe one day we'll break it out. I can't. Yeah, we. It, it's, it's no. It's got. It's got to come natural. Do it out of the blue. Yeah, I'm not. It, I'm not wanting you to do it now. But one day we've got to break it out because I. I was in tears at lunch on Friday. The texter says, "Color me one who has always felt the Deion Sanders experiment will be an unmitigated disaster." Tyler tweeted that to us. I figured it was worth bringing up. We did already talk a little bit about Dion earlier today, but I did want to just get everybody's opinion on the record. How does this work out for Deion Sanders at Colorado? I think the options are does well, gets a better job is option one. Does well, but just kind of, you know, is at Colorado for several years. Doesn't do amazing, but doesn't do terribly. Or I think the third option, 
it just it fails. So between those three options, which one do you think is most likely, Scoots? I'm falling in the middle. I don't think he has a great career at Colorado, but I don't think he completely fails. They'll be middle of the road for his entire tenure there. And I do think, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't know how long he'll actually stay at Colorado. I would like to See, think yeah. that in his head, yeah. he's got this mapped out that he's going to come into Colorado three, four years, have a great great run at it, and then he'll get an even bigger job than Colorado. That's, I, I mean, At least that's what I think would be in his head. He's never stayed anywhere very long in his yeah. career. This is not not how he operates. So um, I don't think they'll make a bowl this year. Maybe next year. Um, I, I think that's. I think next year they're gonna go bowling, be kind of middle tier, but it'll be a fun game. Whatever game that's in, maybe the Alamo Bowl or something. It's like an eight eight win team, maybe because that's also when the Pac-12 is. I believe that's when they're losing USC and UCLA. So that'll, that'll make it a little bit easier for him. Um, but I think he's out after four years. Uh, I think in year four, something will open up. Will it be a bigger job? I, I think it'll be one of those things that we'll be debating on, is this a lateral move for Coach Prime? Um, but one of those where he kind of settles in somewhere in Florida or in the ACC. or yeah, Because I, I, I don't think it's going to be some sort of overarching success like he was at the FCS level where they were, you know, within two years competing for the HBCU national championship. But I, I, I do think he will win enough games um, to, to be able to leapfrog somewhere else after his son goes elsewhere. And uh, they have a couple of decent years. I agree. So I'd, I'd go option one between those three where I think he'll do well enough or quote unquote win enough where another job, maybe an SEC job, a job of higher elevation, not literally, of course, then Colorado will scoop him up and, and take him. So that's where I, that's how I think it unfolds. So I guess I disagree with you, Tyler. I, I think that he'll end up being successful enough to to pivot to some somewhere better. But that's it's a possibility. It's a possibility. He just falls flat on his face. He didn't do that. That is pre. Where was he? Jackson State didn't happen there though. Well, and, and like when we say so, for me too, I think the quote unquote somewhere better. Like, can't you envision Georgia Tech opening up again and he'd go to Atlanta and just do the coach prom thing in Atlanta? Because that that's the part where this it, it does feel kind of square peg rock round hole in Colorado. Um, so, yeah, but it's, uh, he, but it's taken off, though. Like, I, I initially kind of agreed with you, and Georgia Tech could have had him if they wanted him. But it's fit, it's worked, and it's, it's kind of taken on, uh, whether fair or foul, but it's taken on a little bit of, like, the bad boy, things are legal out here that aren't legal out elsewhere, and we're going to win big, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be pu- beautiful scenery, and it, it does feel like it's like a pit stop but a pit stop that has all the right momentum right now, though. Yeah, yeah. It, the, just the... Uh, I say that, and they lost 17 players yesterday. But on the on the whole, <laughs> they've, he's, he's off to a good start. Yeah, decent. But um, we'll ne- like the unmitigated disaster just means they'll never have a winning season there. And uh, I, I think we'll get a little bit more than that, Tyler. And also know that like winning at Colorado will be tougher at Jackson State, but he'll have better quality players there. Already does, mm-hmm. obviously. Better you better. A texter. Oh, it's our buddy Brad from Bellbrook. He says, "I'm here with the latest episode of Howard's Hypothetical Hysteria. Would you rather have 
rather replace DJ Wagner when he inevitably goes pro after the season with a freshman Malik Monk or have junior year Jared Lorenzen take over after Leary graduates? Either option guarantees some awesome highlights, so I don't think there's a wrong answer to the question, but I'd personally take Jared because I was too young to watch the hefty lefty, and I've seen his highlights so many times they're burned in my brain. From a competitive standpoint, I'd go Malik Monk. But, yeah, I mean, having having another run at Jared Lorenzen would be a lot of fun. I don't think you can really go wrong with either one, Brad. Yeah, especially... I mean, the, the biggest difference in the two is just, I mean, you're going to get two years out of Jared Lorenzen, most likely, in this in this hypothetical world. I mean, he spent four years at Kentucky, so I think you would take the guy you would hope would be here for two years, and then that would create a stopgap, uh, some time for Cutter Bowley to develop, you know, if all things go according to plan there. So I think you would take the quarterback, because quarterback's much more difficult to find, not to say that. Malik Monks are a dime a dozen. He is the Calipari scoring leader uh, throughout his tenure at Kentucky. But I, I just – the quarterback position is so important. <laughs> so I'm riding with the quarterback. Um, it's a shame you don't I, – I remember the that era very well, TJ, or at least I think I do. But there's also stuff that, like, you have some of those memories just seared into your brain – but you also don't remember all of the interceptions he threw because <laughs> he, he threw a lot of them. And uh, he, he was uh, he, quick to remind us. He, he, he would say all the time, like, I don't know how you guys watch me play. It would drive me nuts. <laughs> he was just always trying to fit balls in windows that just weren't always there. Yeah, I remember specific games watching Jared Lorenzen both in person and on TV. The weird thing about my age with that is, like, I just – I. I, I now I do from going back and hear well hearing stories about it, knowing the history, just getting older. But as a kid, I just I never really like remembered the team season results. It just felt like UK football was Jared Lorenzen to some degree. Like, hey, you're watching this because you're watching that guy. UK's probably not going to win, although they did win some games with him, obviously. But you're watching because this is look at look at this novelty at quarterback. But he's so fun, you couldn't take your eyes off of him. And he was good. He did do a lot of good things. He also, as Roush said, wasn't wasn't totally perfect. So I still would go Malik Monk just from a UK winning standpoint. Sounds like uh, a spitting image of what happened with Indiana with Randall L. Everybody didn't watch Indiana football because they liked Indiana football. They thought Randall L. was fun and a lot of and real cool to watch. Did Indiana have any winning seasons when Randall L. was there? Oh, couldn't tell you. I mean, at least, that's, kind of my, that's kind of my point. Like, yeah, I mean, at least players, you don't even remember the seasons. You just remember their highlights. Exactly. I'm like TJ in that regard. Like, I, I don't remember. I mean, I could tell you three or four different Randall highlights from his career, but I, I couldn't tell you the team's success. Um, if if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, there's no way. They, they didn't win more than – they were 4-4 four and four in 2001. So – Wolf. Which, how are they only 4-4? Four and four? Right? Yeah, that's the fine. hell? Or no, wait, sorry. I was reading that was just at Conference. home, my bad. They were five and six in two thousand one. Hmm. So I bet that's their the best year they had with Randall L was five wins. Let's take our uh, last break. We'll come. At least back. Jared got seven wins when they were on probation. So hey, that, was, that, that was a fun season. Suck it, Scoots. Let's take our last break. We'll come back. We'll keep reading text on the Thornton's text line. Don't go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X.
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Uh, are you habitually using drugs, stimulants, alcohol? No. No, just asking. With Walker and Roush. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Act Sports Radio. I popped by Sauceritas for lunch yesterday. You should and you can. And they make it easy for you with a variety of options. They've got two locations in Louisville. Middletown, it has a drive through Don't worry about getting out of your car. Order at the window. It's made fresh to order, which is always good to know. It's all Cerritos. Not something that's been sitting around for a little while. And they Most of the time, will cook it right in front of you. When you do in the drive through that's you're in your car. So they're not going to be able to come bring the food out and cook it right in front of you there. But just rest assured. It is fresh. It is waiting for you when you get up to the window. St. Matthew's, beautiful covered patio. It was packed yesterday. Everything moving quickly inside, but the patio people were taking advantage of the good weather. And why wouldn't you? And take advantage of their specials. When you download the Salsaritas app, you can earn money each and every time you go to Salsaritas. Eventually get free entrees, free goodies, chips, salsa, queso. Salsaritas, it's fun for the whole family. It's delicious. Check them out today, two locations in Louisville, and keep them in mind for your catering needs. Roush, what else have we missed on today's Kentucky Roll Call? Well, the EYBL's first session was over the weekend, and so um, we had a lot of updates from that on Monday that I'm, I'm admittedly just I – haven't, I haven't turned my page to paying too much attention on that class just yet because you're still kind of – waiting on beta breath to see what happens with this roster. But I know Jack has a ton of interviews with guys like the top-ranked player, Trey Johnson, um, up on KSR, um, and kind of a running list of who all Cal watched. But like I said, it's, it's that's uh, that feels far, far away as we're waiting to hear what's going to happen with Hunter Dickinson and the rest of uh, the kind of moving parts out there. Um, what else do we have yesterday? Uh, I mentioned the Will Levis stuff. Um, hmm. Oh, CJ Frederick. He's going to Cincinnati, which uh, we mentioned that yesterday, but that did become official. He didn't waste much time uh, getting to that. So I'm, uh, yeah, the Big 12 in Cincinnati just feels like such a weird fit, kind of like West Virginia. I don't, I don't know how well it's going to favor for them, but hey, maybe West Virginia and Cincinnati will re-spark a rivalry, a rivalry renewed. Wait, what did you hear about West Virginia? Like I'm just saying, it'll, West Virginia was a bad fit in the Big 12, and they've kind oh. of suffered from it, especially on the football field. But if you get a uh, get Cincinnati, you. that can be your regional rival. I guess I guess they'll start hating each other over something. But yeah, that's uh, that's about all that I got from from yesterday. Yesterday, I think U of L would be better off going to the Big 12 now that the Big 12's got this new setup and system going, and also. Is the SEC going to go pluck the ACC? You could also be the aggressors. You could get ahead of this stuff and just go find a nice home in the Big 12. Solid football conference. They could win in. Basketball would still be, some years could could be the best. Could be the best basketball conference. Probably wouldn't be most years, but not impossible. I still think U L would be better off, especially now that you'd get the regional stuff back in the picture with Cincinnati and West Virginia. Is Memphis going to the Big 12? No. They, didn't they get got left out. Yeah. <laughs> losers. Losers. <laughs> Absolute losers. Uh, 
anyways, I, I was reading this other story. This is just totally off the wall. Nothing to do with anything that we're talking about. But have you seen the story out of the Corn Ferry Tour? Uh, no. No, I haven't. You probably missed that, I would imagine. You don't keep yeah. up with the Corn Ferry. This is like the AAA baseball to the major yeah. leagues. This is that to the PGA. Is this the cart this thing? Like you, the cart thing, yeah. Did, yeah. You talk, did Spears talk about it? No, I, I didn't do Spears yesterday, but I did read this story. It's pretty crazy. So these players were playing in a Corn Ferry tournament. They had started on number 10 to start their round. And so they finish 18. They're not done with their round. They have to go to number one. And this volunteer is waiting for them off the 18th green. There's They have kind of a stadium set up around the green. So they had to walk under a tunnel coming off the green. And there's this volunteer with a shuttle. And he says, hey, fellas, I'll give you a ride. He gives them a ride. Unknowingly, it costs them all a two-stroke penalty because you're not allowed to take a ride. Uh, it was an unfair advantage, it was deemed. So it cost them all a two-stroke penalty. And for one dude, it may very well be it may it may cut him from the Corn Ferry tour. Not oh, necessarily wow. cut him, but you have to be in a certain point order to be to get guaranteed starts. Right. And now that two-stroke penalty is going to knock him past that. It could it could theoretically end his golf career, all because some volunteer just said, "Hey, come on, get on this cart," and they didn't. I think the the people, the devil's advocate says you should know better. You should know that your round was still going on. You're not allowed to take carts. They were all saying this was a tournament official, they thought, and ended up being a volunteer, and told them to get on the cart. Like, hey, this is what we do. You walk through this tunnel, and Which, then we take you over here. And that happens in playoffs, right? Whenever you see that they're, they're riding the cart to the holes in the playoffs. Correct. So, I, I think that you needed to not give them a two-stroke penalty here. I know because how much of an advantage are they actually getting? You know, and like uh, th this was if there was ever just a time to bend the rules of like, hey, this vol if this volunteer is just doing what he's supposed to be doing, this is not a factor. Nobody should have been there with a cart. Nobody should have been asking them. They he they probably thought he, the volunteer probably thought they had finished eighteen, the round was done, and he was taking them back to to you know to sign off their scorecards or whatever. Right. This should have been a, they should have over, they should have just let this go. But it's Corn Ferry Tour. It's probably not going to get a ton of attention. But it may cost a guy his golf career. That would suck. It that would, would suck. really suck. And like golf is the one sport where they're super hardos about the rules. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine them giving any leniency. No, probably, probably not. A texter on the Thornton's text line, 502 414 says tj as a fairly new parent what is one thing that you have learned on the fly that you never thought about before one thing i learned on the fly nothing i mean parenting parenting is what it's you learn on the fly. learning on the fly yeah I, I'll, I always say that the like as soon as you think you figure them out they change that's kind of my biggest parenting takeaway. It's like, all right, I think I got to figure it out. Then boom, they're on to the next one. And then you got to, you got to reprioritize your, your little tricks to getting them to sleep or getting them to eat or whatever it might be. So yeah, it's a, it's a constant learning process. Totally. That, that is, that is well said and totally true. 
And it's actually borderline just flat out sad during the baby stage because it's like, all right, once you once you figured out this, then it just it instantly changes. And then once you figure out this, it changes. And then before you know it, they're a year old or a year and a half old in my instance. And it, it does. It goes by all too quick. Oh. And once you feel like you yeah. got a grip on it, it's like the next stage. And it's like, ah, okay, never mind. Got to re got to learn how to do this. My, my, uh, my sister had a baby about a year, almost a year later after we had Duke and they would reach out. So what did you all do for, you know, whatever problem it was? And it's just like, I don't know. We figured it out. <laughs> like I, I just, like a lot of it's just a blur. Uh, but yeah, you figure it out. And then with each, each stage, there's new problems. Duke right now is just uh, stubborn about eating. Like he wants to just snack all day. So we've, we've had to kind of put our foot down about uh, some certain eating habits like hmm. okay we're yeah that apple doesn't fall far from the tree hey <laughs> oh suck it scoots <laughs> well the big thing is too is like he, you know he got a bunch of easter candy and so now he just is wanting easter candy it's like no we no no gotta, well, once again that apple doesn't down. fall far from the tree uh, scoots i'm gonna just bust your ass you know that buddy he's not gonna do squats he ain't. you're safe buddy I especially am. if i'm around yeah all right <laughs> I just Which, need, by the way, just we go to, when we go to the track, we need to get another picture of us holding scoots up because that's just one of the funniest. <laughs> An annual tradition? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have a friend, their couple were like each year for their anniversary, they walk down, this, they just get a picture in the same spot of them with their family. Uh, yeah, we got to do that with our radio family. I, I've gotten a little heavier since last year. <laughs> well, I don't want to throw your sciatica out of, uh, out of whack. <laughs> Those those rails can hold you, buddy. They keep horses in bay. That's true. A texter says, fellas, thought I'd share these pictures of the northern lights from my deployment in 2017 north of Norway. It was a really cool experience, and that's from Levi. That, I only sent the one over. I meant to send both, but only the one got sent over to the text line. But, Roush, you can go check it out. Very cool. In the text yeah. line if you want. That picture is amazing. I'd have that hanging up in my house. Yeah. Like, that, is an, that looks like a... Like an award-winning picture there, well, Levi. With it's the like boat. a military battleship, and yeah. then in the background, it's the Northern Lights. It's really, really cool. And there's like a sunset off in the distance. And I'm sure it's one of those scenes, too, that the, the camera doesn't even do it justice, right? Like, that's just a small portrait of the, the night sky. So, very cool, Levi. Very cool. By the way, we did get some Northern Lights. I don't know if they came down as close to the Ohio River but one of my good friends from high school, she lives in Salem, and she got some really cool pictures. They were so cool. The news even used them. Gave her credit with her name and everything. So that was pretty neat. Nice. Yeah, so the, the one that happened that we talked about yesterday, so I guess what, Sunday night, I'm really bummed. I didn't know about this. It, it, like People got some unbelievable pictures, and supposedly just the fact it went that far south was insane. And I was following the Twitter account that keeps track of that stuff, the Northern Lights. And I guess they have, like, obviously having a bunch of different places that aren't used to it retweet you and do that stuff. I think they were surprised by all their interactions. And the next day they had a follow-up tweet where it was, I, I'm, I'm putting it in my own words, but something along the lines of, it's, it, there's going to be some northern lights tonight uh, because when you have a lot of activity like you did the night before, you have some aftershocks. Uh, but it's just going to be in Canada, maybe the most northern, northern United States. So very small viewing area tonight. 
and it almost like just came off as sad. Like, sorry, it's just going to be kind of normal tonight, unfortunately. But I'm bummed that I missed it. The picture's coming out of parts of Kentucky and Scoots. I'm, I didn't see the picture you're referring to, but I've got an idea of probably what it looked like. It's a, It was amazing. I'm bummed that I didn't at least go out and check it out to see if I could have seen it, although probably too much light pollution living in old Linny Town. It was more pink. It was more pink than I expected it to be. I was I was thinking it was going to be like the green that you see pictures of all the time, like Levi's picture. But yeah, it was in our area. It was more pink, pinkish orange. But it was still cool. Very very texter on the Thorns text line says, "Wow, first Don Lemon is fired, then Carl uh, Tucker Carlson. What's next? Is the Illuminati going to start coming after our favorite radio personalities on KRC two? That will be where I draw the line." Well, Roush and I, we've both got new gigs that we haven't told you about yet, folks. <laughs> and yesterday's do, news has a little something to do with that. I, I do love that Don Lemon's like, wow, they wouldn't even meet with me. And CNN's like, no, you, you had the option to take a meeting. <laughs> almost instantly. Like, almost instantly. <laughs> the second that he released his, like, seventh grader notes app goodbye message, the CNN came out and they are like, well, that's not, that's not true. Which... You, you'd want your news people to be telling the truth. So on his way out, what did he do? Not tell the truth. Uh, yeah. I, it is uh, it is weird, though, when big personalities just like, – like who – I remember when Bill O'Brien got canned and it was – or Bill – not Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Bill O'Brien. Football coach Bill O'Brien. Uh, but, yeah, Bill O'Reilly – when he went off there, it's almost like there's a void in, in your punching bags, you know, uh, kind of like whenever, like what did SNL, what, what are they going to make fun of with Donald Trump not being president? That sort of deal. Uh, I, it feels very similar with Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon, where even though I don't, I never watched either of them, except maybe like if something crazy happened and I would just like, what, what's the news saying right now? Um, but uh, I, I'm going to be fascinated by the void, the kind of vacuum of who are the next people that we make fun of and kind of make the enemy, right? Because that's that's a lot of what those cable news anchors become is as much as they are wildly popular with whoever their base is, they're also the bad guy for somebody else, right? So, And that that's kind of what I'm more fascinated about. I just uh, hope this is another blow to cable news. It's turned into an absolute joke. It's not yep. news at all. It's propaganda. Yep. And the the le- the less of it, the less popular it is, the better for our country. Suck so at cable be. news. Yeah, suck at cable news. A texter says, condolences to TJ and his pack. Rodgers is possibly the best QB passer to ever do it. It's a shame he only produced one Super Bowl in 18 years while in Green Bay. I don't know what people want me to do about that. Yes, I... I wish Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay had won more Super Bowls. I've and I've said that since the get-go, folks. I, I'm shucks. I guess I'm brave in that sense. But yes, I too wish that Green Bay had won more Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers. And I won't even stop there, everybody. Brett Favre as well. Brett Favre, both of them, two Super Bowls in a hell of a stretch. But hey, at least we dominated the NFC North most years. Not this past year, unfortunately. John here. Good morning to all. Okay, I've made it to Atlanta, Georgia. The traffic's crazy. So far, I've had some pretty good wings, and I've been to Bucky's. 
let me just say I would prefer Thornton's instead. That's right, John. Hey, oh. So tell me, do you do you guys have any suggestions for where I should visit while I'm here? With everything going crazy in the NBA playoffs, who do you all think will win it all? I think it'll be the Warriors. Well, got to go talk to you later. The Warriors are so lucky to keep getting teams that are injured and hurt, and it gets really, really annoying. John, what to do in Atlanta? Uh, the aquarium, I've been told, is very cool. I haven't been there myself, though. I think Atlanta uh, overall is a pretty overrated city. Go to the park. Yeah. I mean, maybe going to a baseball game would be cool. I don't know if the Braves are in town or not, but I, I know that would be right up your alley. It's a little bit, you know, it's north of downtown. Uh, Atlanta is also an enormous city. Um, but I typically when I would go for media days or something, we would be around – where the College Football Hall of Fame is, where the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where the Hawks Arena is, and there's there's plenty of stuff to kind of walk around and, and see down there. Olympic Park, you know, that's kind of neat. Um, but, yeah, uh, Atlanta, big town. Lots going on there. Texter says the Packers got hosed. Just not, not remotely true. They could have gotten nothing. They could have yeah. gotten zero. And they also got rid of a guy with an insanely high contract. This was a, this was a good move for Green Bay. Good move for Green Bay. Not a bad move. It was a good move. They got a decent amount for, again, somebody that could have just up and left, not giving you anything at all. So, good day for Green Bay. I'm happy about it. Kentucky's taking a win in Tuscaloosa because I'm going and storming the field after the game dressed as a Bama fan. Yeah, and that's also other stuff. Like, where are you going to set the, lo- the line between a field storming and not? Like, if it is. Yeah. Because Kentucky got fined for like 20 students going on the field after the Mississippi State game in 2018. Yeah, that wasn't. You're, you're going to take away a home game from a team because 25 dudes run on a field? Give me a break. No chance. Like, you're not doing that. So think of something better. A texter says, Jeff Walls is a high noon guy. Seen him at Brownies twice, both times drinking high noons. But good for mm-hmm. Jeff Walls. Can't win the big one, but can drink high noons. Uh, I can only do a couple of those. Like, they're good, they're tasty, but. There's the sugar. You can only do so much sweet. A texture sends in the uh, picture. It says the shadiest Ray. I think that's a guy named Alex Ray wearing a bunch of shady rays. He needs, rays. He needs some on his face because the dude doesn't have his eyes open. <laughs> what do you all think about Hunter Dickinson saying on his podcast that he wasn't going to visit Kentucky because he's already visited UK before during his high school recruitment, but that changed when he heard his new, about the new strength coach. Does that say something about Rob Harris? <laughs> I, I think it may just be a convenient excuse to get him back on campus to talk about some nil possibilities and put them through the nil presentation. That being said, maybe, maybe, uh, but who's the new guy, Brandon Walsh? Uh, yeah, or Braden, Brady, something like that. It's your ass, buddy, if we don't get Hunter Dickinson. We just need that out there. Yeah, I think that was just convenient talking point. Uh, so when are we getting Reeves and Dickinson announcements? I, Reeves TJ will has, this week, I think. I have see. I think that like Reeves could be like I've heard it could be this week, but I've also heard he's going to just still do all the workouts and then announce he's coming back afterwards. So uh, he will announce at some point, is what you're telling me. Right. Like there's, and it would make sense for him to wait, like to tell the coaching staff, but then wait to announce until after he's done his rigmarole with the NBA teams. Uh, yeah, okay, that's fine. I don't really care either way. I think it'll be sooner, but I that's no inside information. Just as long as he's back. Doesn't Just as long as he's back. Any other yeah. surprise there, then I'll get a little bit worried. You'll have to go get somebody, in my opinion. 
A texter says, I really want to burn one down with Roush Daddy and the Sports Talker. Come on, texter. There's been enough roosters burned down. Yeah, hopefully exactly. not Jeez, We're not God. proponents of arson. Unbelievable. Roush, how about getting me some credentials, too? Ooh. I don't know if I can. A texter says, after last night, can we all agree LeBron is the GOAT? No, we can't. No. Yes, I, mean, I will agree. Also- that was a that was a light night for Oscar Sheboy. Twenty two and twenty for LeBron and needing overtime too. Come on, give me a break. A texter says old people use emotion to back their claims of Jordan being the goat. Never stats. If it's rings, then Bell Russell's the goat. But LeBron statistically is better in all categories except points per game. That's a pretty big one there, say. But LeBron took less shot attempts. Jordan just in their primes. Jordan was a better basketball player than LeBron. If you want to do their whole careers or break it down that way, I don't really care. Do it the way you want. If you're just talking about in their primes when both were at their best, LeBron was a better basketball – or Jordan was a better basketball player than LeBron. LeBron just physically dominated. Uh, like, because nobody – there's never been an athlete like LeBron James. Uh, but it doesn't mean, like, say, we're just really getting into an MJ-LeBron conversation. Uh, say did, yeah. Yeah, come on, say. Text, text or say on the Thornton's text line. Uh, another texter says, I hope the Jets bought the Packers dinner first. And then uh, <laughs> same texter says, TJ sounds like a scorn lover. You've got to let Aaron go, buddy. He's moved on. I'm fine with him letting going on. All right? I'm more worried about quarterbacks that can complete balls than trip them. All right? So I want Jordan Love. I'm excited about him, excited about the future, and we're getting a, ni- a lot of nice pieces for sending Aaron off to New York. I'm okay. Everything's okay. Last text says, was any team that Michael Jordan during his run better than the Warriors team that LeBron beat? I'll wait for a reply. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, say, like, why, I, why? we're not doing this. All right, do the bat, the Batcats win tonight? I'm going to take it uh, eight to four. Well, I was going to say four two. Mm, give me Louisville Excuse? seven to three. Oh. There you have it. Everybody's on the Batcats. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big. Oh, yeah. Off Nick Roush and Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Wednesday. Everybody, everybody,